Donald Trump called him tough. Rush Limbaugh read one of his articles live on his radio show. Ann Coulter tweeted that article to her one and a half million followers and declared, every sentence is perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, former chief editor of the Jewish Press, Elliot Resnick. Welcome to the Elliot Resnick Show. Transfer the Arabs out of Israel. When you hear someone tender this proposal, you assume he must be an admirer of Rabbi Meir Kahana, the Israeli nationalist who was assassinated in 1990 and whom the mainstream media likes calling far right. But Rabbi Kahana was hardly the first person to suggest this idea. Numerous mainstream figures, both Jewish and not, favored this plan at one point or another in their career, including David Ben-Gurion, Chaim Weitzman, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Herbert Hoover. With us today is Rabbi Dr. Chaim Simons, who has written an entire book on this subject titled A Historical Survey of Proposals to Transfer Arabs from Palestine, 1895 to 1947. Rabbi Dr. Simons was born in England in 1942. He received a doctorate in chemistry from the University of London in 1966. He then moved to Israel, where he received smicha and became one of Hebron's first settlers. He returned to England in the 1970s and became the director of Jewish studies at the King David High School in Liverpool. And then he made Aliyah once again in 1978. And I believe he has not set foot outside the land of Israel ever since. Welcome, Rabbi Dr. Simons, to the program today. Thank you very much for asking me. So the main thing I want to do today is to impress upon my listeners the mainstream nature of this idea to transfer Arabs out of Israel decades ago. Maybe it's not so mainstream today, but it used to be. So I want to go through several well-known figures and their statements on behalf of transfer. So the first person I want to go through is Israel Zangwill. I didn't mention him in the introduction, but Israel Zangwill, for people who do not know, was a well-known British Jewish playwright. And he's most famous, I think, among Jewish circles for writing The Melting Pot. We still have this metaphor in America today that America is a melting pot. That's where all immigrants come and they gain a new identity. And the phrase melting pot actually comes from this book. In this play, which I actually read for the first time around a half year ago, a Jew winds up marrying a non-Jewish Russian, formerly an anti-Semite. So Israel Zagwell was not a far right wing person by any stretch of the imagination. Again, he's writing a book in which the hero and the heroine are Jewish and not Jewish, and they're intermarrying. And yet Israel Zangwill evidently was a vigorous proponent of transfer. So if you don't mind, I'll speak a little bit about Israel Zangwill's support for transferring the Arabs out of Palestine. I may have a few words about Herzl before I talk about Zangwill. Sure. Herzl, writing in his diary in 1895, said that he would spirit the penniless indigenous population across the border. By 1901, he wrote a charter, and in the charter, he would have right to move Arabs from any part of Israel to anywhere in the Ottoman Empire. So in other words, he could move someone, say, from Jaffa, he could move them to Constantinople. If you want me to speak up Zangul, I'll talk about Zangul. In 1917, he suggested that the Arabs should be encouraged to fold their tents and silently steal away. He stated... If you shirk Exodus, you are confronted by numbers. Lovely phrase. He means numbers of Arabs, basically, right? Yes, we talk, if you shirk to get rid of the Arabs, you'll be shirked by the numbers of the Arabs. One single act of compulsion is better for both sides than perpetual friction, he said. Okay, that's basically in the initial 
Israel Zangwill, what's the name of the book in which he made this proposal? You have to look in the footnote for my book. I don't have got it in front of me at the moment. They're 1,700 footnotes. I don't know all them by heart. <laughs> okay, no problem. I should say for the audience that your book is available for purchase on Amazon. I just bought it last night because your book is also available online. So in the episode description for this podcast episode, I'm going to have a link to your book online, both to purchase it and it's also available to be read for free online. There's a bit more in the printed book than there is in my online. The online was done a long time ago. There are a few more editions in the printed edition. So that was Israel Zangwills. So maybe maybe let's discuss either David Ben-Gurion now or Chaim Weitzman. Okay, David Ben-Gurion. We've got a lot we can say about Ben-Gurion on, on transfer. Read from 1936, he was discussing the transfer of Arabs to Transjordan and to Syria. Mainly his comments came when the Peel Commission, we'll talk a little bit later about the Peel Commission, but in 1936, when they spoke about the transfer of Arabs, he was enthusiastic about it. For every transferred Arab, one could settle four Jews on the land previously occupied by them, he said. He even considered transfer more important than the negative. The pure report gave a compulsory transfer of Arabs from the plains. Ben-Gurion was very enthusiastic about this, and he said, with the removal of the Arabs from the plains, we are getting, for the first time in our history, a truly Jewish state, and they must have no hesitation to do this transfer. We must do transfer now, and the first and perhaps decisive step is preparing ourselves to implement it. All the plains in the Jewish state will be cleared of their Arab residents. This is Ben Gurion in 1936. Then two years later, in 1938, he forward plans to transfer Arabs to Iraq. Interesting, the Hadassah execs of America accepted with great satisfaction his transfer plans. To the Jewish Agency executive, he said in 1938, I favor compulsory transfer. I see nothing unethical in it. I just want to mention and emphasize again for the audience that you have a PhD in chemistry. You're not just some sort of wild, irresponsible person. If you read the book or look up the book online, you will see that everything is footnoted. Everything is sourced. These are all from very legitimate sources. These are not made-up quotes. They're all in official documents. They might not be well-known, but they are all accurate and true. If they get the book, they've got 1,700 ones to look up. They can look up. Also in 1948, this is really just after the end of the book, but still I mention this, after the establishment of the State of Israel, Ben-Gurion was able then to utilize his ideas on transfer. When they conquered Rumlin and Lodge, they asked him, what do with the Arabs? He said, throw them out, quite completely. And when he came to Nazareth, and they saw a lot of Arabs, why are there so many Arabs? Why did you throw them out? He was very annoyed about that. Now, you want to come to Weizmann now? Yes, let's discuss, because Chaim Weizmann is considered this, you know, very mainstream, respectable, upper-crust type figure. Yeah. He was careful that his statements on transfer were made in closed meetings. In 1937, he met with the British colonial secretary. He said, if the points which I raised in the interview, talking about the transfer of Arabs, were settled to our satisfaction, I personally would look with favour on the scheme this memorandum, this is interesting, was leaked to the press. Someone took it from his office and brought it out, publicised it at the meeting, I think, of the Zionist Conference, and it caused quite a scandal that time. And he said, no, it's only a rough copy. No, 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 no. But however, now that we can see his actual document, the files are now open. In fact, it was correct. What was publicised was, in fact, what he did say. 
That's rather an interesting example. Yeah, okay, next thing then was, according to the colonial secretary, it's an interesting, Weizmann said at the meeting, the Jews will help in getting Arabs out of Galilee. 1939, at a meeting with the British Labour Party, he said, clearly population would have to be shifted and the world would become more accustomed to this idea. You write in your book, at least the online version of it, quote, in November 1937, the Jewish agency, the Jewish agency is the Sachnut, um, the mainstream Zionist organization, set up a committee for transfer of Arabs. I find that fascinating. I mean, I knew a little bit about Ben-Gurion and some of these other things. I did not know that the official Zionist agency themselves set up a committee to study how to transfer yes, the Arabs. Yes, yes, I'll discuss this in 1936. I'll come to it later on when we talk about the Peel Commission. Okay, so okay, what, then, go ahead. What would you like to speak well, about many, next? I want to just mention many other members of the Zionist movement. I really gave three examples. For example, Sirkin, Rubin, Motzkin, de Rothschild, Berkatz and Nelson, Tabank, and Joseph Weiss, Israel Seifert. They also made proposal transfer. That was basically the Jewish one. Now let's go up to the Roosevelt, the proposed by non-Jews. President Roosevelt. If, if you don't mind, I'd rather do the Peel Commission first because the British were the ones controlling the, the okay. land. And for those who don't know, I'm, the Peel Commission essentially was a commission of the British government set up to study the situation in Palestine and come up with some sort of resolutions because there was a lot of friction, there was a lot of violence, and they were trying to figure out how can we settle this violence, how can we settle this problem. And the Peel Commission came to Palestine to study the problem. They interviewed all sorts of figures, both Arab and Jewish, and then they made official recommendations to the entire British government of what should be done in Palestine. So that was the Peel Commission. Okay, so now please talk about what the Peel Commission uh, recommended. It included the transfer of Arabs those in the Galilee, which was going to be part of the Jewish state, a voluntary transfer. Those in the plains, a compulsory transfer. The plains are the area of, like, you know, Yaffa and Tel Aviv? Yes, the coastal plains, the coastal plains. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Discussions on this report took place in various forms. These included the British Parliament, where it's interesting, where some members of Parliament who are pro-Arab were in favour of Arab transfer and even exceeded those of the Peel Commission of the Mountain Transfer. Also, the Permanent Mandate Commission and the League of Nations discussed this report. Now, here's the thing. The Jewish bodies included the 20th Zionist Congress. In it, a number of its prominent Zionist leaders, including Ben-Gurion, spoke in favour of transfer. The Jewish Agency Council also met and they set up a committee to prepare a plan for the transfer of Arabs. Wow, interesting. We have this Jewish Agency met, quite a, quite a lot of meetings they had on this question. They want a compulsory transfer, how much to transfer, transfer them a long way from Asia, all sorts of things they came to, quite, quite a number of pages I've written on this com- committee. I bet not one out of 10,000 Jews in America know this. Yes, and we've got the minutes of, they met regularly. But after all this, in the end, the hours made such a noise. In the end, the British cancelled the report of the Field Commission. However, even after that, even after they cancelled, the Jewish Agency Committee on Transfer continued to prepare plans for compulsory transfer. Even after they said, we're not having, we're cancelling this. No, the, the Jewish Agency continued discussing the plans for transfer. They continued meeting to do the transfer. I like what you write in your book. You're talking about how people in the British Parliament supported the idea, and you write, they realized that an Arab presence in a Jewish state would be undesirable and cause friction in the future. End quote. I thought that was like the understatement of the century. 
because it's so obvious. It's ridiculous. People don't see it. Of course, yes, it, it is undesirable and will cause friction in the future. Yes, it certainly will. And it certainly has, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's basically the Peel Commission. Far more can be read from the book. Obviously, I can only give a summary of what's in the book today. Right. It's amazing. Not one American president, but two American presidents supported transfer. One did secretly and one did very publicly. So if you could speak about both of them now. Neither was secretly. In 1942, Roosevelt told his Treasury Secretary, I actually would put a barbed wire around Palestine and I would begin to move the Arabs out of Palestine. I would provide land for the Arabs in other parts of the Middle East. Each time we move out an Arab, we would bring in another Jewish family. Uh, November 1944, his Undersecretary of State, Statinius, wrote in his diary about Roosevelt. He thinks Palestine should be for the Jews and no Arabs should be in it. This is Roosevelt. Then Hoover, actually was no longer president, it was ex-president Hoover. He prepared... He prepared after several drafts his proposal and published in the newspaper, the New York World Telegram, it proposed to transfer Arabs to Palestine to Iraq. This is Hoover. Didn't he write some sort of article or mini booklet or Yes, a famous article in the New York World Telegram. A lot of papers wouldn't publish his program. Some of the Yiddish papers in New York have published it. The one that the New York World Telegram, that's the famous one, they published that. What year? must be 1944 or something like that, I think 1944. Right, okay. Then let's talk about the Arabs. There were some Arabs who considered the transfer of Arabs from Palestine was desirable. They realized that an Arab presence in a Jewish state would be undesirable and cause friction in the future. They included Mojli Amin, a member of the Arab Defense Committee for Palestine, there was a period that King Abdullah and Prime Minister Ibrahim Pasha favoured population transfer. Also, Glab Pasha did. They also they favoured their transfer. Also, as a pro-Arabist, Harry Sinjal Philby worked on his plan for several years, and he had meeting with King Ibn Saud of Saudi Arabia to transfer him. But at the beginning, he was interested, by the way, in Saba. They needed the money or something, because they were going to pay them for it. They were going to pay him a lot of money for that. But then he suddenly got oil revenue, and he got less interested in it. The top members of the Zionist movement enthusiastically supported Philby. Let me ask you now a, a little bit. There's a lot to go into, and we don't really have time to go into all of it. But if, if you could discuss one or two of the following examples that I'm going to mention, transfer of Arabs out of Israel and from Jews of other Arab countries into Israel, that's not the only population transfers that have been discussed. There actually were population transfers between Greece and Turkey, between India and Pakistan. After World War II, I believe 12 million Germans were expelled from Czechoslovakia and Poland. In other words, people have realized in the past that when you have two peoples next to each other who don't get along, the best possible solution for a long-term peace is to simply separate the two populations. And it actually was done between Greece and Turkey, India and Pakistan, the Germans from Czechoslovakia and Poland. If you could discuss one or two of these examples just a little bit. I must say, I didn't, this wasn't really my research. I didn't go in much detail. But I said, with Greece and Turkey, nearly two million people, and it was opposed by Nansen. It was some sort of fanatic. He was a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And this was implemented by the League of Nations, his proposal. And it, and it was very successful. There was afterwards extra relations between Greece and Turkey. Then there was the India Pakistan. Millions of people were trapped when they created Pakistan. But I can't really go into much because it wasn't really my field to go into right, more I understand. Than that. Okay, I was wondering also 
as you demonstrate in your book, transfer was considered a mainstream idea, very logical, rational idea in the first part of the 20th century. Today, it's not considered a mainstream or even a, it's considered a radical, crazy idea. How would you suggest we go about normalizing this proposal again? Because it seems to be the best proposal for long-term peace. Obviously, we can see. What was the, what the Arab's plan? The Arab plan is to take over the whole of Eretz Israel to make the land. And not one, they said so, not one Jew would live in it. <laughs> That's the Arab, we, we let the Arabs do what they want. On the other hand, we could say it's followed. They are told they want a state. Palestine, no such thing as Palestine, okay, as I use the word Arabs. They make a step, set up a state, they're theirs, on 77% of uh, mandatory Palestine, which is a called Jordan. You know, Jordan an illegal country. The British uh, went along and, um, and set up an independent country, keep Abdullah happy or something like that. In fact, Jordan is in 77% of mandatory Palestine, which is probably for Jewish here. Okay, let, we'll let Arabs have it. Let them set up their state there. Then the question then is, okay, we've got the state there, but how are we going to make sure they go there? Well, that, that would have to be discussed with, like, when there's several methods we could do it, even without force, we could do that, start encouraging them, paying them or something like that to move there. If the conditions are good, they probably will move there. You don't have to give them five-star conditions in, in where we are at the moment. Why, for example, Jews have to do three years military service. We're not going to put the Arabs three years in the army, but we can make them do national service for three years. If they don't want to, you can't stay. You want to stay, you have to do what Jews are doing. That's one method. There's various methods we could use in order to get them, if we set up this Arab state in Transjordan. I also want to mention two facts, which I think people sometimes don't know or, or think about. Number one, leftists actually support transfer all the time. They All of them basically want a Palestinian state, quote-unquote, in the West Bank, and they want to transfer the Jews out of the West Bank. So they're all for transferring Jews out. They're just not for transferring Arabs out. That's number one. And the other thing I wanted to mention, the Pew Research Center, which I think is one of the last remaining respectable polling institutes in the world both, that both sides still respect, they did a poll around five or ten years ago of the Jewish population in Israel asking, do you support transferring the Arabs out of Israel. And they found that half the population said yes. Now, even if that's an exaggeration, which is hard to, to um, think it is, because, again, they are, they are very careful and they are a very respected organization. But supposing it's, it's not true, and I'll tell you, they got it half off. So it wasn't half the population, it was only a quarter of the population. That's still a huge number of Israelis who believe that transfer is a good idea. And yet, if you propose transfer in Israel, they will kick you out of the Knesset. Yeah. I wonder if you could comment on that. Really, if you, they only half an ounce that we want, probably far more, but they don't want to, it doesn't sound good. It sounds bad to admit that we want to transfer Arabs. It's probably much higher, really. If we had a secret poll, we'd probably find a far higher number which we would want to transfer. And it's good for the Arabs as well. And what's happening at the moment? Every Another day we had a Jew was killed just yesterday or something. Every day there's going to be fights and fights. As Zangwill said at the start, that um, one act of uh, for force is better than having years of friction. No, we have to do that. No, they, have to, they have to realize that, that it can't go. If we live together, it, can't, it won't work. We can see this all the time. I think Rabbi Kahana used to say, he said, I don't want to shoot Arabs every single day. You know, like you said, it's better for both sides. I think, I think yeah. Israel has killed, I think, 15,000 Arabs since the first Intifada began. All those 15,000 Arabs would be alive if, yeah. if we weren't constantly at each other's throats. 
Yes, of course, that's why people don't. It'd be good for the Arabs as well if they set up a state, as I say, in Transjordan. Right. In terms of normalizing the proposal again, I think people need to know many of the facts that you mentioned in this interview and also to read your book so they have it in front of them. Um, also, but I think, well, let me just backtrack. I interviewed Ben Shapiro around a decade ago. Ben Shapiro publicly had voiced support for transfer. Then he backtracked and said he no longer supports it. I asked him when I interviewed him a decade ago, why did you backtrack? Why did you no longer support it? And he said, well, I don't want to support proposals that have no chance of being realized. Therefore, I no longer want to talk about it publicly. But, you know, it's funny. It's considered unrealistic precisely because people like him have backtracked. If he still had stood strong and publicly proposed this proposal to his millions of followers and then someone else listens to him and then he proposes it and more and more people start proposing it then all of a sudden it will become mainstream the only reason it's not mainstream is because everyone is scared to propose it publicly unfortunately it's become this idea you mustn't publicly as it's been since time of Herzl you mustn't publicly say it only in private documents (laughs) but I'm talking about people nowadays Whenever you raise this, this idea, everyone says, oh, it's not realistic, it's never going to happen. But that's only because no one is, is discussing it in the mainstream. Ben Shapiro backed off, but he didn't have to back off. If he had continued proposing it, that would have been one more step towards making it mainstream. So that's how I think we have to make it mainstream, by being not scared to discuss it. Yeah, right. I agree. Okay, well, and, and your book is certainly extremely helpful to making it, I think, mainstream, because people, when they see all these sources, they think to themselves, oh, I'm not crazy. A lot of normal, very mainstream people, very wise people support the idea. Maybe it's time for us to revive this idea. So yeah. that's why I think your book is so important. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so very much for, for your time today and joining the program. Thank you, for inviting, um, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, my honor. All right, that does it for us. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to it and giving it a good rating and a nice review if you're so inclined. I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great day or a great night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs>